Thank you, Mark. Appreciate really your hospitality. You know, I try, you know, when you're in a new country, you try to blend in so that you're not sticking out like a sore thumb. So uh, last year, I tried, you know, to look cool because my wife was with me last year. So, you know, I tried to teach her how to get on the bus. So we got on the bus, took out my cash, and it's embarrassing because now you need an oyster card. And then, uh, you know, you have to learn how to eat potatoes all the time. I don't know why you like potatoes. It gives you gas. Rice is the food of heaven. And, you know, you try to blend in. You have to do certain things. But it's great to be at BCC because you don't have to do anything. You just feel at home. Yeah. Because of God being here today. Yeah, so yeah. really, thank you guys. Can you give yourself a, a big clap offering then? Thank you. I would like to share with you for a few minutes when you see things from an empty heart. I don't want to come to church with an empty heart. I don't want to be with my wife and my heart's empty when I'm talking to her. I need, I need to share something with her. And while we're at church this morning, I would like to challenge you that do not live your everyday with your heart empty. We're going to look at the passage of Scripture from 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12 to 23. I'm going to read from the NIV. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the Ark of the Covenant. So David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen, a ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel was bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of, sounds of trumpets. And as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him. She despised him in her heart. Then they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched before it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. It was really a party. And all the people went to their homes. When David returned home, to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls, of his servants as any vulgar, vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. Yeah. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by this slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. When Michal saw David dancing for joy at the return of the ark, his wife was upset. So why do we have this conflict? You know, because the former king, King Saul, whose daughter was Michal, before, before David became king, 
you know, he, he became a leader because they needed a military commander. Someone who was excellent in warfare. Under King Saul, worship of the Lord had languished. You know, they weren't actually worshiping anymore. And sadly enough, the Ark of the Covenant had been lost a generation before. And has never been returned to its place in the tabernacle. So they were, the Ark of the Tabernacle was actually not in the, in the nation. So what's the Ark of the Covenant, you ask? It's a gold-covered wooden chest with lid cover described, described in the book of Exodus as containing the two stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod, and a pot of manna. You know, the, the Ark of the Covenant is actually the symbol of God's presence. You know, when, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where God is, there is always healing. And you know what? I was blessed. You know, in this British weather, you know, someone has left the temperature too low here in England. But you know, it warms my heart when we sing songs to the Lord. And you forget about the coldness. You just, you know, you just worship the Lord. You know, so, so important that, you know, we have the presence of God in this place. But because when the Spirit of God is, there is always healing. You know, you, when you are in bondage, when you are in debt, there is always freedom. There is blessing. Joy comes in the presence of the Lord. So important that we, we don't take God's presence for, uh, for granted. Yeah. I remember an experience, 1994 to 1995. Me and my wife were missionaries in Japan, in Nagoya. We were living at the back of the, of the church, this Japanese church. We were, we were working at two churches, one an international one, but one purely Japanese. Because we wanted to learn Japanese. So they said, you can live in this Japanese church at the back. But the condition was, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, there were dawn prayers. So we, you know, they, the church will come at 5 a.m. in the morning to pray. For a Filipino who hasn't experienced cold weather, that's going to be an experience. So it's okay because we arrived like summer. It was just like the Philippines warm. And then it started to get into uh, to autumn. It, it's getting colder. And I have to open the lights. I have to open the door. I have to open the fan. The Japanese will come through the door. They will pray in Japanese. Me and my wife will pray in Filipino. That's like three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now it's getting into December. It's getting colder. And the people started to stop coming. And then, you know, I was missing home because the Philippines. Did you know in the Philippines, we celebrate Christmas. We play Christmas music September 1. That's how we love Christmas. We're fools for Christmas. So it's getting into December. It's getting colder. I'm still opening the door, switching the lights on. Now it's not the fan. Now it's the heater. I wake up like 4.30 in the morning, switch on the lights, open the door, the switch on the heater. Now remember, this was an old building. It's not centralized. The heating was not centralized. And so it was so cold. You know, you wake up in the morning and then, you know, you switch on everything. And every, you know... Towards December, even by past, even the pastor refused to go to the prayer meeting. <laughs> but I had to open the door because there's one old woman who lived like four miles away who would 
you know, by, cycle towards the church. And true enough, at 5 a.m. in the morning, she will be at the door. It's getting colder. Pastors refuse to come. And then my wife, who was just sleeping on the other side of the room, didn't want to go as well to the prayer meeting. And so I was praying, said, Lord, please don't let this woman come, please. Don't let her come, please. In Jesus' name, don't let her come. And true enough, she was there at 5 a.m. in the morning. So I was grumpy. I didn't want to pray. She comes, she holds my hand because it's just two of us. She prays in Japanese, I pray in Filipino, we were holding hands. We were holding hands and then suddenly she, her grip starts to you know, become stronger. And she, she started jumping around the room. With me holding her, we were like tangoing around the room. And I was praying, I, you know, I wasn't in the mood to pray. So I said, there's a camera here. They're playing pranks on me. After about 20 minutes, she stops praying, bows her head, leaves. And I was like more grumpier than ever. Pastor's not here. Wife is not here. Someone's forcing me to, to dance tango inside the church. <laughs> was miserable. I was having a, you know, later, I was having breakfast with my wife. And then the phone rings. And then the head of the denomination of this Japanese organization was on the other side of the phone. And then he asked me, did you know what, what happened today? I know. You know, it's embarrassing. And he said, did you know that for the very first time, this woman was filled with the Spirit of God? And you know what? I said, Jesus, forgive me. In the next days, I woke up at 4 a.m. making sure that that door is open, that the lights are on, and the heater is on. Even if that is just, it's the only woman that would come, I was smiling. You know why? Spirit of God came. What's, what's my point in all of this? God's presence makes a huge difference in the life of every believer. And so when the Ark of the Covenant came, David was actually jumping for joy because the presence of God, the token symbol of God's presence was in Jerusalem again. And here's Michael. Didn't even know what was happening. You know, Michael would rather appear to be politically correct than celebrate the return of the Ark. Michael would rather watch from a window than participate in the celebration. You could read that in verse 16. You know, she was just looking outside the window and then everyone was celebrating because the presence of the Lord, the ark was being brought in. And the only thing she could do was just watch. And you know what? When you're filled with the Spirit of God and you love God, you just cannot help but do something for Him. You cannot just sit down and not express God's love to the world that needs salvation and healing in this world. You need to do something because God has filled you with His Spirit. And David, you know, dance while Mikal with an empty heart didn't you, God? Was just looking outside this window. My prayer is, you know, figuratively, you are just looking outside your window. 
just checking things out. But let me challenge you. Don't be like Mikal. Do something about your passion and love for God. Mikal would rather look down on David than look up to God for gratitude. She was looking down on David and telling you, you're a fool. Verse 16 says, And when he, she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, verse 16, she despised him in her heart. See, she, instead of just focusing on God, she was looking down at the foolish thing she thought that David was doing. And you know what? There's a lot of people who think what you're doing is foolish. But let me tell you, focus on God, not at what people are telling you. Focus on God. Focus on God. Unfortunately, Mikal focused on David. Don't let negative and toxic people rent space in your head. Raise the rent and kick them out. Don't let what people say about you stay in your brain. Listen to what God is saying about you. You are special. You are important. You are a son of the king. And you know what? No one should say otherwise because God died for you. Michael would rather criticize her husband than bless, unfortunately. Michael felt like David was dancing naked. This text gave rise to the belief that David danced naked before God. This is actually not true. It was an opinion of Michal. You're like dancing like naked. She was actually exaggerating. So this, come, you know, uh, this is the belief that a lot of people say, you know, David danced naked before the Lord. It's actually not true. It's Michal saying this in exaggeration. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when your heart is empty, you exaggerate the bad things. You look at things in a negative way and you exaggerate it when actually there is no problem. It's just that there's an empty heart. It's not filled with God. Have you noticed when you fell in love? You know, if you, Mike knows and Kathy knows and Danny knows, I, I married a beautiful woman. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I don't know why. It's maybe by the grace of God, really. But when she saw me, she started, you know, her, her eyebrows and, you know, started <laughs> like a butterfly. And she couldn't actually see anything bad about me. Because she's filled with love. And a lot of times we say, oh, I love God. But you always see the bad things, the small things, and you say, eh. You always see the negative things. Remember, a negative mind will never give you a positive life. Remember this. Stay away from negative people because they have problems for every solution. <laughs> God answers, he gives you a solution and they always have a problem. God shows you this, and they say, no, we can't. Don't hang around those kind of people. They're going to mess you up. Stay with someone who loves God. Look at the person on your right, on your left, and say, do you love God? So important. Verse 23, we find 
The fruit of Michal's negative spirit was barrenness. It's not me. The word of God said, because of her negative spirit, she became barren. And Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. It doesn't explain how. I don't know. But it says, until the day of her death, she was barren. I don't want that in your life. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that in this church. We want to be fruitful. We want in everything that we're going to do, it's going to be blessed. Everything that we lay our hands to, it's going to be blessed. And that is God's promise for everyone who will believe. God will bless the work of your hands. God will bless you if you are filled with God's presence in your heart. So how can we become like David? I don't want to be like Michal. I want to be like David. So how can we have a heart like David? Several things. Give everything you have. Verse 14. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord and underlined with all his might. He could have just asked, you know, some of his dancers or the Levites or the other workers and say, you dance, I'm just going to watch. But David danced with all of his might. He did it personally. You know what? You know, parents, if you've got the young people attending church and you see them passionate, you know, don't, don't live your Christian life by proxy. Oh, because they're going to church all the time and they're passionate. It's okay. I just have to sit down here. You know what? Sometimes we have to be personal about our relationship with God. And we have to do it personally as well. So you know what? Even if you are in a church, a great church, and you're doing a lot of things in this church, but what are you doing personally? What is your involvement personally? David, he was king. He could just tell people, you know, do this and do that, and would have just said, and no one would actually criticize him. But he said, no, God is here, and I have to do my part. And so he danced. And you need to do your part. Give everything you have. David gave, gave his best. Gave, David gave his best. Let me tell you another story. I love stories. When I was courting my wife, for the very first time, knocked on the door of my father-in-law's house. And then I was chatting with her. And he didn't like me. This was 6 p.m. in the evening. And while we were having a chat, here comes my father-in-law with a sleeping mat. In the middle of the living room, he spreads it out and says, it's time for me to sleep, young man. You have to go. Now that's a signal that he doesn't like you to come back. It doesn't happen here in the UK, but it happens in the Philippines. Brings out the sleeping mat and sleeps. But you know what? I'm more braver than him. Gave his, I gave my best. I'm no fool. I did not come for the, you know, for the bald guy. I came for this beautiful woman. So next Saturday, at 7 a.m. in the morning, I knocked at their door again. <laughs> and I said, don't tell me, you know, you, you're going to sleep because now it's morning. I'm smarter than you. Now, don't tell me you've got, um, the, uh, 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 what's this? You can't sleep. Insomnia. insomnia. Don't tell me you've got insomnia. But now I'm 7 a.m. in the morning and I'm smiling. And you know what? 
nothing happens to those who give their heart half-heartedly to something. You will never ever get your promotion. You'll never ever get that woman. You'll never ever get that house. You'll never ever get what you want if you do things half-heartedly. You'll never ever get and experience God if you approach Him with a half-hearted heart. David gave his best. And you should give your best. Know where you stand, secondly. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. He was actually saying, you know what? I'm not accountable to you. It's the Lord who chose me. So I'm not supposed to please you. I'm going to please the one who placed me here in this position, and that is God. And you know what? God has given you salvation. And the only one that you should please is the one who redeemed you. And that is Jesus Christ. He deserves all the praise and the glory. <laughs> David knew that. So he said, you know what? You're not happy, but you know, I'm not looking at you. I'm going to make God happy. And he did. He knew where he stood. If you place your life in God, you're a child of the king. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Second to the last, don't take yourself too seriously. Verse 22. I will become even more. You want to be like David? Don't take, your life. don't take yourself too seriously. I'll become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Some people would say, Lord, please use me. And God speaks and says, yes, I will use you. There's the mop. And sometimes you are not ready to hold on to a mop. Ralph Waldo Emerson says, or wrote, a great man is always willing to be little. And if you want to be used by God and have the heart like David did, you need to just take God seriously. And sometimes he will ask you to do something, and it's difficult sometimes. And you feel it's below you or beneath you. But there are times when you just have to say, I'm not taking myself seriously, Lord. I'm going to take you seriously, what you're saying. Lastly, focus on God. Verse 21, and I will celebrate before the Lord. David could be distracted by the hurtful word, words of Michal, but he chose to focus on God. There's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's a wonderful story of a, an up-and-coming violin artist. The biggest hall was rented out. His name was featured outside the concert hall. It was full. It was packed. So he played. Everyone was giving their standing ovation. At the end, they were shouting, Encore! Encore! So he goes back, plays again. Looks at the crowd and then walks off. And everyone was saying, Encore! Encore! And they come back. Goes back to stage again. Plays the violin. And wasn't looking at the people. He was looking at the back. Kept playing. And everyone was giving him a standing ovation. The next one was longer than the, the, you know, the previous one. Goes off again. And then goes back and plays again. Maybe he went back like five times. And then the manager after the concert asked him, you know what? Two, 
two pieces that you played was enough for your encore. Why about five or six? And so he said, he told his manager, you know what? I wasn't actually playing for the audience. Because for the very first time, my music teacher was sitting at the back. And every time I played, I was looking at him. And when everyone stood up, I was displeased because my music teacher wasn't standing up. So I kept coming back and coming back. It's because my goal was not to make everyone, you know, you know give, give me a standing ovation. My focus was to make my teachers stand. Your focus today is to give, to make God give you standing ovation. It's not necessarily about who, you know, who gives you a pat on the back, which sometimes is important. But what makes us really fulfilled is when heaven gives you a standing ovation. But for some of us here, you feel down. The only, you don't know the color of the sky anymore. You're looking at the ground. Everything's dark. But let me tell you, you are kings and princes. Don't look down. Because if you look, your, you look down all the time, you know, the crowns might fall. So look up. Because you are important to him. Make God smile. And so, Lord God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we stand before you. We acknowledge you that you are the one that we live for. Lord, forgive us for times when we aim to please other people. That we pursue, Lord God, to please men. Lord God, today, our desire is to please you. And for the many, Lord God, here this morning who came with an empty heart, and they see things from a different perspective, that everything is bad, there is no future, there is no hope. I pray, Lord God, that when we go out, that our hearts will be filled with you. That you will heal us, Lord God. That you will give us joy. That you will make a miracle in our lives. Because you are God. And you can do miracles, Lord God. That you will make a difference in the lives of people here today. I pray, Lord God, that we will give our best. That we will always focus on you. That we will never ever take ourselves so seriously, Lord God, that we neglect to take you seriously in our lives. Lord, we pray that we will just make a stand. Knowing, Lord God, that he who began a good work will finish it. And I pray, Lord God, for people here who feel that won't, they won't finish it. In Jesus' name, let your just spirit just not just linger above us but dwell in us today. 
Fill our hearts, Lord God, with your spirit, Lord God, today. That we will say in all confidence that he who began the good work will finish it. In Jesus' name. Amen.